Hello and welcome back to. I almost said coffee kids and crazy. You almost That's did. That's wild because I just read the word coffee. It was stuck in my head. Uh, it's not the first time it's been misnamed this year. <laughs> welcome back to <laughs> Coffee with Ben and Brittany on Imperfect Parenting. <laughs> this is a coffee Man, episode. That was rough. That's funny. I I I was on that podcast once, I think, but yeah, it just took me back. Well, that's because it's been called that for nearly four years. Three Welcome years? back to Imperfect Parenting. Okay, there we go. I got you found it. it. <laughs> um, before we jump in, you should read this meme to maybe give some context as to why I'm confused this morning. Why you're saying coffee so many times? Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, our meme today is just words on a pretty pink background. It says, currently wondering if coffee is the village it takes to raise my kids. <laughs> you could replace that with caffeine because mm-hmm. some people drink tea. Sure. It still has caffeine in it. But, uh, yeah, that's why you kept saying coffee. But it does feel true because... <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. How many cups of coffee do you think you have in a day? Hmm. Depends on the day. Okay, go for an average. I re- lately, it's probably been three. Yeah. Sometimes four. It's probably probably more than I need to be, but I I'm like coffee. Really good at um, making girl math out of my coffee <laughs> because I'll make a full cup of coffee, but then I only drink like a quarter of it, mm-hmm. so I don't feel so guilty if I have another two. Because mm-hmm. even then, I still haven't had it's like a one full whole cup cup of coffee. No, I'm sitting at you know three fourths. So <laughs> as part of this is because it does get cold. And I don't like drinking it after it gets cold, especially mm. if it's started out warm. Anyways. There we go. So today's podcast is about coffee. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that's not. We're actually coming off the heels of Seth's episode with us mm-hmm. last week, talking about spiritual gifts and our children and all the things pertaining to that. That, that was a great conversation, always, with yeah. that good man we love. So today we want to dive in again a little bit deeper to that and just begin to talk through some, some different areas. The next few weeks we'll be doing this, just talking about spiritual gifts and how they show up in our kids, or what we're doing as parents, and what feels really important. Yeah, I think today's topic really was um, preparing for the other episodes. Uh, I, it kind of came to this place of, I don't know if parents are paying attention to their own spiritual yep awareness to their own gifts, um, even activating those, walking those out. I, I feel like, you know, it's easy as a busy parent to just, I don't know, live a life where church is where we go, and it kind of starts and stops on Sunday morning. Um, you know, I'm sure there's teaching moments in between there, but living the lifestyle of I, I know what my spiritual gifts are as a parent. My kids get to see those on display regularly. Um, I'm confident in them. I'm developing them. I have value for them. I, this sometimes I, I feel like gets quiet in families mm-hmm. um, where if you were to look back at maybe your newly saved uh, days or for us it probably be our teen years, uh, the Obviously, I get the dedication of time that you have to spend in the <laughs> Word of God. Is totally, you get to be very selfish in those seasons. But it doesn't mean that it has to go away. Mm-hmm. So I think we want to make this a lifestyle that we expect our kids to activate and to see. It's just like everything needs to be modeled in some sense. So 
I, I, I think we just felt the, the urge to lean in and kind of challenge parents by, we're going to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So. Yeah. This, this kind of gets me thinking about our friend, leader, and pastor, Benny mm-hmm. Liebscher. Love him. Has this uh, statement, I've heard him make numerous ways in, in different messages and, and thoughts and ideas, but he often says that leadership in its simplest form is just being out front. Hmm. You know, leadership is influence. That's John Maxwell. There's lots of things we could talk about. Yeah. But just this concept of leadership is just being out front. I think one of the things with spiritual gifts I think about is, you know, if if you have this season where you're discovering the Lord something came alive to you. You had these moments where you're like, oh my gosh, it's being activated. Mm-hmm. I'm using these things God's given me. I'm, I'm learning and growing. And then life begins to happen. And we can often ride the old wave mm-hmm. of, well, it happened back there. So yeah. I, And I still own it, which is true. It's still here. It's still yours. But I'm, I'm living off yesterday's victory, so to say, mm-hmm. or yesterday's fruit. So just the encouragement would be, as leaders in the home, that we are continually pushing the envelope for ourselves first, mm-hmm. that I'm not going to stop growing in yeah. every area that, that requires growth, mm-hmm. and this is one of them, mm-hmm. is that my spiritual walk with the Lord is, is just consistently being challenged, and I'm bringing people around me. If, if I'm married, then my spouse is doing the same thing, that we're, we're just requiring growth in this area because our kids need us to pull them in that direction. Yeah. I, I mean, I just think about the... Uh the Old Testament and, and all the fathers throughout mm-hmm. time and kind of generations, generations, sometimes you hear about the one right after and a couple generations down, but that dedication and practice to my my faith and serving God and um, activating what he's called us to do, this is how we walk it out, this is what it looks like, and we've talked about the culture creed, and so mm-hmm. this is feels like it's pieces of that, yeah. but it's a bit more in that it requires that I have personal ownership that this is mine to bear and to grow. But because you're not going to do it for me, I'm not going to do it for you. And we have different gifts anyway. So if we want to put on display those different things for our kids, then I've got to be stewarding what I've been given and you've got to be stewarding what you've been given. And it just, you know, they come to us for different things because they've seen us walk it out. Yeah. But it's, it really is, I'm willing to, to do what's necessary to grow. So, you know, we, um, our church just did in January the uh, 24 hours of prayer. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, and then the fasting that we uh, typically do every year at Jesus Culture. And, you know, partnering with, becoming sensitive to the Holy Spirit by putting certain things down and increasing awareness. And um, so that's fun to see happen. And mm-hmm. then getting our kids in a room um, where they're, you know, just, you know, prayer meetings, intense prayer meetings. Those don't look like that in our house. You know, we'll pray, but it doesn't <laughs> look like that. You know, we don't have a five-piece instrument going, you know, other than the Jesus culture on iTunes. Yeah. So it, I, I think the it's fun to get them into those environments, yeah. but that that can't be the only place that it ever happens. It has to be stimulated throughout the rest of the year in your home and however you're activating that. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think I'm trying to ask the question to parents: uh, Do you know what your spiritual gifts are, and are you developing those, mm-hmm. practicing those, discovering those, whatever state you're in? Are you doing a good job of 
chasing after those so they stay alive in your garden, in, yeah. in your home. It's beautiful. Um, that, that thought right there at the end, just thinking about our own as parents, I think there's this motivation and heart for every parent that loves the Lord that you want to see your own child discover, develop, and, and, and grow this in, in them as well. Mm-hmm. I think recently an example for me where I watched this play out is I was thinking, I want my kids to have a value for working out. I want my kids to like want to move and, and, and stay active and, you know. And then I looked at myself and went, I'm not doing a great job right now with that. <laughs> <laughs> this is not very consistent in my life. And it'd be weird to go ask them. And, and I, I had thrown some suggestions out, some thoughts and ideas, and I thought, you know what? This is my opportunity to lead here. And so I started working out more. Mm-hmm. And it was for me. You know, I, I want to grow in this area. I want to stay healthy, all those things. And then I began to watch my children gain a different value for it. Because it has different authority when I, I invite you to something that, mm-hmm. that I'm doing myself. And that's, that's really the heart we're talking about today is where, where can you challenge and grow and, and push this thing for yourself? So when you, when you invite your kids to something, mm-hmm. y- you've already been there. Mm-hmm. I think this is also with, you know, if you're at the grocery store or at the mm-hmm. barber shop and you get a word of knowledge and you give it. The next time I go and ask my child to participate and yep. lean in, they've seen me do it. They've yep. seen me take that risk. They've seen me be, you know, feel scared or the get the reality. Wrong. Yeah, get it wrong or the reality of failure, all the things. Um, and they've seen me get rejected, you know, when you say, can I pray for you? And they say, no. We say, okay, well, have a great day. Jesus loves you. And Lincoln was telling me, uh, he was on somewhere and he's like i'm just telling people jesus loves them and so many people just love it (laughs) that's great (laughs) and part of this is just our normal sharing of the gospel of you know who god is and little moments it's not like we're pausing and saying okay here's a learning moment kids take no i'm going to ask the teller if i i mean that's not how this is going um, I don't think it should be forced. I think it should really be this um, practice of your life. And and the fun part is then the kids start to do it. We've, we shared about before Lincoln praying for the lady at that diner. Yep. And it, it's just fun what happens. And then, you know, Addie was with me not very long ago, and we prayed for a lady in the grocery store. And all those moments just help build confidence. And, you know, even it, – it, it just it's, it's just a matter of – parents, are you doing it? Are you mm-hmm. doing it? And I, and I don't need, I'm not saying like you need to be a scholar and the word and the theologian. And I, it's, it's an invitation. So if you feel shame at all in yeah. this, please don't hear it as that. It, it feels like just this invitation of if you let it down somewhere, just pick it back up. Yeah. Just pick it up and just do something. And the, the comparison isn't, do I look like my pastor? Do I look like the person that I think is holy and spiritual or something? You know, mm-hmm. the comparison is, am I different than yesterday? Mm. Am I growing still? You know, can I can I see progress from yesterday's spiritual growth to today? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of what we're doing here. Hey, parents, let's be real. As every parent from the beginning of time has discovered. Kids don't come with a manual. Parenting is a learning journey from the beginning to end. 
And like all learning journeys, it's full of lessons, challenges, questions, mistakes, and messes. One of the biggest reasons so many of us get scared, discouraged, frustrated, and overwhelmed as a parent is we think the goal of parenting is to become perfect parents who raise perfect children, which leads us to adopt the fear-driven strategies that focus on avoiding mistakes and messes, and we use control and punishment to change behavior. I wrote a book called Imperfect Parenting, where I explained the true goal of parenting, a safe, loving, heart-to-heart connection with our kids. Pursuing the goal of connection is what sets us up to influence the hearts, minds, and behavior of our children as we guide them on their own learning journey to becoming healthy, confident, and emotionally intelligent. This book will give you the tools you need to lay down the goal of perfection and become fully engaged in your journey of building a healthy, connected family culture where your children can thrive. You can find Imperfect Parenting by going to www.lovingonpurpose.com and clicking store. That's www.lovingonpurpose.com and click store. You talk about giving words of knowledge and stuff as we going out. Bill Johnson used to talk about the mall in Reading in, in, in the early days. There was always things happening at the mall. Mm-hmm. And he would say, people aren't going to the mall to pray or prophesy or encourage people. <laughs> they go in the mall to shop, and then God shows up there. Mm-hmm. And it's just people just living their life, doing normal things, but just paying attention to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and, and just what he's doing through through their their gifting, their heart, their, their listening. So at some level, we're just living our life, but looking for those moments to put on display that this is who we are. Mm-hmm. I, I, to give some practical, like things that I think help, you know, when you go to pray and it doesn't happen, um, or you give a word and it's totally wrong, or someone says, no, you can't pray for me, or um, you say, Jesus loves you, and they go, no, they don't, no, he doesn't, you know, whatever it is, I, I think super practical level that you can build, that you could foster really well, is that you create an expectation that God wants to do good things. Yep. And, and so... If you feel like afraid to start because of all the reasons we listed before, I would just create a culture of expectation yep. around who God is in your home. And, um, you know, we have this really funny story I have shared many times in teaching, um, and it's in my book, I think, but we talk about the the faith pillar, and we talk about um, we did this funny little fair thing where we put our took a photo and threw it up on social media and whoever got the most likes could win two tickets right to disneyland some some local country music station yeah yeah and um so we did all the things and come to find out the next whenever they were announcing it we won well i saw that as (laughs) terror because it was only two tickets it wasn't um you know, there's five of us. So I'm thinking one day for two people at Disneyland is not really worth it unless you and I are going. But that's not going to happen because the kids are part of this. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to give these tickets away to the people like, hey, thank you. But the runners up don't even have a two-year-old. So you should give it to them. Um, they're blown away by this that they end up giving us four tickets for two days. But in the process uh, between me saying give it away to the other people and that moment – 
we tell the kids that we're not going to do it. To give away or keep, God wants us to practice generosity. God has good things for us. And so we're just setting up this expectation for them that God will do incredible things, Mm -hmm. that he's the God of the supernatural, and he cares about us just as much as he cares about the birds, you know, of the air. They pray, we all vote, decide to give it away, and then everyone's sobbing. (laughs) I have to lead them through mini sozos, and we're like, oh my gosh, you guys voted for this. So it was just kind of funny. But I go back to my phone, and that's when I discover that they have given us more. Mm. And I remember going to my dad, you and I both, and trying to figure out, like, oh, no. We created expectations from them when we were trying to teach them, you and I, Ben and Brittany, mom and dad, were trying to teach them to practice generosity because that was our earthy frame for God. That's what we were trying to teach them. And then here God shows up with crazy generosity towards us, mm-hmm. but we were trying to practice like sacrifice and all of that. And I remember talking with my dad and he was looking at us with a smirk on his face as he does when I know he's going to say something <laughs> that I don't really want to hear. And he's like, so what's the problem? God had a different plan. It sounds like he answered your prayers. And Exactly. That In that moment, Ben and I realized, oh, we didn't have big expectations, yeah. even though we just preached that to our kids. We are preaching it, preaching it, preaching it, but we didn't have it in our own heart. Yep. And here God shows up and says, you should have dreamed bigger. Yep. You should have greater expectations of me. So we ended up going to Disneyland. Your parents went with us. Mm-hmm. Great time. Um way more affordable than <laughs> one <laughs> ticket for two people or one day. So I, I think telling that story, I just, the the place of creating a culture of expectation of what God can do, because I, I don't know what age your kids are. Our kids were pretty little in that season. I think Lincoln was probably four maybe. and um, And I thought we were doing it. I think that's the crazy part is that when, when you are still making room for the Lord and you think you're doing it well, mm-hmm. he goes, watch this. So uh, the practical piece of leaning into can you create a culture of ex- expectation for the supernatural to move and activate your gifts and your kids' gifts in your home? And I think the piece right here as well is we're practicing the home because the the gifts of Christ that talks about in Ephesians, the gifts of Christ are for the edification and encouragement of the body. And and even more than that, it's it's it, it's for those around us that we, we bump into. Mm-hmm. It's that they would actually get the the benefit of us walking with someone like the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I I think that's where the risk comes in, that's where the faith opportunity comes in, yeah. that's where, hey, God's good regardless of what happens in this mm-hmm. situation. If we didn't get the tickets from Disneyland and it didn't work out the way it did, yep. nothing's changed about God. Nothing's changed about our faith. He just wanted to teach us a different lesson that day. Well, we were convinced of the other lesson. <laughs> we were ready to roll yeah. with that one. And we've had plenty of opportunity to do that too. Mm-hmm. But it's just the, um, it, it really is the opportunity to put on display. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened to the, even the radio hosts, when they watched us say, hey, we would like to give it away, they went, what? No one yeah. does this. Right. Watch this. You know, so the Lord's working through them, and this whole thing's happening. 
Mm-hmm. So e- even even they got blessed yeah. from us just walking out our core values, our, our gifts, our, our heart, our faith. So yeah. I think this churning and culture we're creating in the home is meant to bubble over and, and really impact people out there. And it's it's your kids' friends at school on the playground. It's when they're in Sunday school, you know, at, at church on Sunday. It's when they're on their Zoom call with their friends. Whatever the experience is, that there's these opportunities where we are giving away the, the greatness that, that God's put in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fun part is, you know, they were really little in that season, mm-hmm. and you know, we have fostered and stewarded well the having expectations of God, and we've stumbled along the ways clearly in that story. It was a great example, and there's been many more since then where we're always growing. Uh, right now it's an interesting season because, you know, um, Delaney's at BSSM, and so she's in this Bible school of the supernatural, which is kind of like living in a greenhouse, mm-hmm. if, you know, and her... Very much so. You, you know becoming a gardener for the first time. I'm pretty sure that you believe, everybody believes they could be a great gardener if they go in a greenhouse. They're just like, look at this. Look, conditions are perfect. Everything's flourishing. I mean... Someone's sh- trimming those flowers. It's just this <laughs> expectation, and, and that's yeah. kind of what this environment does. Well, right now, Delaney's in that environment, which we're not in that greenhouse. You know, we are in a, a more normal day-to-day life. So every single day... Something crazy is happening. Mm-hmm. Every single day, <laughs> this is how this goes. Every single day, something wild, supernatural thing. Like, well, I was talking to her on the way home, and she said, Mom, some girl's foot was broken for like three hours, and then it was completely healed, and she walked out, and I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. And then she brought back uh, x-rays the next like couple days later or something like that, or I don't know. I'm just like, I don't even know what day of the week this it was that this happened because I can't even keep track of all the things that are happening every single day. And so the fun part that we are living in right now is a new season for us is that Delaney has this full bounty from her greenhouse that she's sharing over here in our home which is beautiful, and, and not every season is like that, but it's it's been really fun to see even the kids' impact of the expectation of what's happening and what's possible, and when she shares with us our response, our engagement, and, you know, talking about it as a family. So it's just, um, it's it's a fun new season. I, I would just say that, you know, I don't know, that feels like we're enjoying the fruits of our labor a little bit in yeah. some sense, but... It's been that's been the other new thing in our little swirl of watching what's happening is her her going and going, guys, look at this, guys, look at this, and it it does just add fuel to the fire because she's in the hot lava core over there. But it's yeah. it's really fun and um, it does create courage in our kids mm-hmm. when we have value for this and we make space for it and they see us leading it, yeah. taking that initial risk. Um, proving to them that the strongest people that they believe are on this planet, which is you, um, are willing to take that risk and to see it for a worthy investment. Mm-hmm. So I, I just to encourage you to not shy away from it. It's yeah. totally worth it. Yeah, we um, just just in raising our own kids and thinking about this, one of the core values, and, and th- this is probably encouragement, parents even even consider what are the core values you have when you think about spiritual growth and 
spiritual development in you and you and your children and your family. But one of the pieces for me for a long time was I want my children, when they leave our house, one of the most important things is that they know, know how to hear his voice, mm. that they, they can hear the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. There's so many other things to think about and consider, but if they can, if they can catch that one thing, mm-hmm. then he can help activate these gifts. He can help activate the hunger and, and all those things. And I think we're watching that with Delaney. Mm-hmm. As, as she has flown the coop, so to say, and yeah. she's off in this greenhouse, uh, yeah, she is. We, are, we are watching her tune in to his voice, which he, he is the ultimate parent. Mm-hmm. He's the best of this. So I think even just paying attention to what are the values that you have in your home for this and begin to put that on display, just begin to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she said something along the lines of discovering her own walk with the Lord. Like she's known God mm-hmm. and she's felt a relationship with him, but she feels like she's getting to know the Holy Spirit in a different yeah. way. And, you know, again, it's just the culture that's creating this permission and stimulating a value for it when she hopped into that environment it's been she's been super successful on her own doing um but all this starts in the home it all starts in the home and it's all worth it you know uh, i'll put a plug out there bible recap super mm-hmm. fun yep. um we started that in january and um I, I like it because it has videos at the end, and it's a little bit more engaging with the kids. And so we've been doing that with the younger ones that are at home still. We've read the Bible in many different ways and stuff with the kids, but not quite like this. And maybe because they're older, I don't know. So if you've got older kids, preteen or early teens, this might be a good option if you're interested. But Bible recap for us, stimulating curiosity, um, yeah. a value for the Word, and kind of discovering the Bible in a new way together can't suggest it enough. I think they actually yeah. did a really good job. I'm not sponsored in any way. <laughs> I just think she's just done a really great job. Yeah. Tara Lee Cobble, I think it's her name. It's been really helpful. So th- again, I'm all about giving you practical tools to go and do. So the Bible recap has been fun for the older yeah. of the younger ones. Yeah. <laughs> older they, of the young. They'll show up in our room and be like, can I read, can I read first today? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll get to the last verse of our, uh, that day's reading. And yeah. Lincoln will say, let's read the last mm-hmm. verse together. But it's just this, it, it's working. It's been engaging and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're tired. They're, they don't want to read the whole time, but they always always find it and engage with us. I think it's also very entertaining to think of uh, the versions of names they can come up with. <laughs> Lincoln's really good at that. He is. And, um, you know, it's been, it's, it's been memorable, but there's, like, again, we're creating expectation for God, like reading through Job, yeah. the misery of Job, and then getting to the end where he gets a double portion of everything, and God blesses his life tremendously. I mean, we read through that whole thing, and everyone's just so happy, <laughs> and and to, to see their um, expectation of God's redeeming qualities yeah. and his goodness and his protection and um, even him, you know, telling off the other guys, yep, the friends, you know, and, and that it's really Job that's going to come before God and God will see Job and forgive them. And it just, it, I, it's just stimulating such great conversation. So I find something, I mm-hmm. would say, to pick up, to run with, to create growth and take the risk and put that risk in front of your kids so that they can see it can be done. Yep. So that Beautiful. would be, but that would be that. But, all right, we have a question. Do you want to try and get through it in three minutes? Let's do it. Okay. You want to read it? You want me to read it? I can read it to you. 
It says, hi, Brittany. So I'll, I'll say, hi, Brittany. <laughs> hi, Ben. <laughs> I'd love to hear any insights you have on helping toddlers through fear. I have a four-year-old who suddenly has become terrified of the dark and of monsters in his bedroom. It's gotten to the point where it feels like he's being tormented. My husband and I have been careful to monitor shows and exposure to things that are too mature for him or that could cause fear, but he recently watched a Spider-Man episode that brought up tons of fear. Since then, he's struggling to sleep or even get into his bedroom. We've done lots of praying together and, and talking through the situation, but would love to hear any tips you guys might have on the podcast. I think Seth referenced this for um, a little bit, you know, and him just talking about maybe there is a monster in the closet and kids that are seers, and sometimes it's really hard because they just, we don't, we don't see. We don't have the same level of, um, I don't know, vulnerability that it, in that spirit yeah. realm. Uh, so it sounds like you're praying. I would continue to do that. I remember Lincoln struggling with going to bed um, with some fear stuff, and so we would just change where he would sleep mm-hmm. instead of his room until it went away or whatever was going on. If it feels like it's really not going away, then, I mean, I would recruit some intercessors and do some mighty, you know, anointing and things in in the room. Like, I don't know what spiritual components are going on, but I would seek out wisdom around uh, people that you trust in that area if that's a component that you feel like is going on. And in the meantime, I mean, I don't know how many times Lincoln slept because I'm not a big sleep-in-my-bed kind of person. He slept on the floor. Mm-hmm. For a very long time, yeah. um, because he was afraid, and I was, I was happy with that choice. Or he he slept in the hallway between his sister's rooms, made him feel safe. I didn't really care where he slept; it was more where he felt safe. He uh, and I, either choice made me deliriously happy because almost fighting with the torment, it yeah. going into their room wasn't worth it. And he did it phased out. I don't know again the spiritual components that were going on. Um, but we did all that, and I would continue to do all that, and then I would just give choices that make you happy, um, mm-hmm. especially if it's just mostly around his bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he's a he's a four-year-old, looks like, so he's, he's little and he's working it out. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, you're currently helping him fight, helping him <clears throat> make sense of all this. But I think the other piece as well is is looking for moments where you can empower him too. I remember doing this with the girls where it's essentially them them getting to the point where, where they're taking ownership for this and saying, hey, Jesus is in my room mm-hmm. and, and we're going to change the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And that may happen a few times together and then he comes sleeping in your room and we just start practicing that till we get to the point where, where, where you feel something as a child and you go, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. I have something stronger than you. Whatever this thing is, this fear I'm feeling, it's actually lesser than the thing I'm carrying. Mm-hmm. I think we did worship mostly because I remember hearing about that from Bill and Benny when mm-hmm. um, I can't remember if it was Brian or Eric, but one of the boys I think had really bad nightmares and stuff yeah. like that. And so worship, just we've always taught our kids in a place of fear, the best thing you can do is just worship. Yeah. And so we, we taught them how to do that as well as, in that space is just to lean in and worship. And so we've done that um, where we've just put a song and we'll leave our phone on there in their room with worship music and till they fall asleep. And then we go and get our phone, um, you know, 
because that's how we play music now. But um, that 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 was a big thing. But empowering them to to know that they are just as powerful and dangerous yeah. as we are. Um, I remember having Lincoln act out David and Goliath, and he has a picture of him <laughs> about in his, fifty times in his underwear. Yeah. But there's just this courage in yeah. you know taking courage from the Bible and seeing that I'm also a son of God. You know, I can do this. So those would be all the little little pieces, and we'll be praying for really peace in the night over any kids that are struggling with what feels like torment. We just ask that there would be your your presence would be yeah, felt sorry. and loud and that there would um, be breakthrough in in the night when that sleep feels like it's it's lacking and that peace would come into all those bedrooms. I just um, just declare that God's goodness will rest in those homes. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, another great episode on imperfect parenting. <laughs> and uh, we're excited to see you next time.